Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. I am Connor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. Chris, we are live in Atlanta. I say live, you know, a little bit liberally, but um, we are in we Atlanta. We are live right now. We are we are looking live yeah. in Atlanta, uh, out on the beautiful skyline in the Omni Hotel. But before we talk about SEC Media Days, I got to shake your hand and say, yeah. nice to meet you, friend. You as well. Yeah. We, we only knew each other from the internet, like yeah. most of my past relationships. Um, but yeah, this this feels good. It feels right. So this is the first time that we are actually meeting in person this week. And I know that might surprise some of you, but Boom. believe it or not, the internet is pretty cool and you can FaceTime and yeah. record a podcast with somebody you've never met before. You were basically like a mail order bride for me. Yeah. But with sports. Yeah. Which is fine. What I'm glad is that you didn't catch you didn't catfish me, which was cool. I tried. I, yeah. I mean, like you're really good with the internet. I know, I really am. Yeah, but we uh, we managed to to work around that, and we are recording our first live podcast together in person. We've got a lot of t- we've got a lot to talk about. I think yeah. it's been uh, it's been a fun couple of days so far uh, in Atlanta. We've got uh, an interview with Aaron Murray that we're going to get to uh, later on. But before we get to that, we got to talk about uh, the first two the first two days here in Atlanta and what we've really seen. And that to me, I don't know if there's one big massive takeaway, but I think the thing that everybody was looking forward to was seeing Georgia in this post second and twenty six era and sort of kicking off 2018. What did you think about Kirby getting to see him today and just the way that he reacted to that? He could have sold me anything in the world today, like any pyramid scheme, anything door-to-door, mm-hmm. I'm in. Like 100% sold on Kirby Smart. That's why he gets the five-star recruits that, that he does. It, it makes a little bit I more sense. I appreciate you saying that. Like, I, I consider myself a five-star recruit, but uh, when yeah. you say it like that. No, I mean, like everything he said was said with conviction and purpose and focus. And you just really got a sense of like the energy and and I guess passion behind it of what he's building there. And it's oh man, that's just going to be a runaway runaway train down there. Georgia did a really good job of selling this belief that they have moved on from from second and twenty six. Oh yeah, and that part was a lie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they said what what you would expect them to say, and that you know we moved on immediately after. You know, just the media and fans harp on this, but we really don't think about it. And I get that, and that's that's what you should say, and that's what. Uh, it'd be news if they didn't say that. Yeah, and just wait till you have some drinks one Saturday night when you're by yourself and a really sad movie comes on. Right. Yeah. Kirby Smart, you're the former. Call an X. Kirby Smart, the former defensive back, uh, says that he doesn't use it as motivation. And yeah, I mean, I believe that because of roster turnover and there are a few other reasons why he wouldn't do that. But come on, it's got to eat at you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. A little bit. Not a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. I was more a fan of what uh, Terry Godwin said. He's said pretty much any time it comes on the TV, we I, I turn it off or I, yeah. or I change the channel or I do something to avoid it because they don't want to see that. They don't want to relive it. Why would you want to relive your most painful on-field memory that you've probably had? I don't know. That's a very good question for anybody that ever posts the Kick 6 video. Oh, that's a good point. It's kind of going to live on in history like that in a way. I, not I really as do, bad, but yeah. Well, not as, not as bad for you. Um, also fair. But I mean, that that's that's one of the things now that now that it's been seven months since this has happened, we've sort of had a minute to digest this and to, to let it breathe and figure out how are we really going to value that play moving forward. And that's yet to be determined because if this is as close as Georgia gets to a national championship, then it's going to be in a totally different right. context. But it'll if be they, just like the you know, missed opportunity to spike the football in the 2012 SEC championship game. But I don't think he's gonna. I don't think this is their only shot. Did that come up with Aaron Murray? No, it didn't. No, no. I was we on my good. best behavior. We were so good. We talked about his brother a little bit. That you was, you yeah, got that into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I, I think Aaron Murray kind of likes us by the end of it. Yeah. 
I think you. Yeah, I think he likes you. Yeah, yeah, well. I didn't bring up, like, their we'll sibling see. rivalries or anything like that, so. <laughs> Aaron Murray was willing to talk about uh, the second and 26, the reaction that he had. Uh, we'll, we'll he was wait. awesome. Yeah, you can. Uh, you guys are going to get his, uh, his reaction later, but it was pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, Georgia kind of tried to dismiss this notion of second and 26 being this horror story as uh, Kirby called it throughout uh, I think he said that to, to ESPN.com or something like that but you know really it was just seeing Georgia in this new environment and now right. Georgia is the host and it's not even like Alabama can you picture if Georgia had won the national championship and then they come here and it's like yeah you're on our turf now I mean I've lived in the state for my entire life and I don't think I'm I'm ready for that to happen yet this I mean it'd be Sherman all over again but with the, with fireworks and celebration <laughs> That was the the day two headline. Uh, George is not going anywhere in terms of that conversation, and they're always going to dominate the conversation. The fans, are, of course, came out here, and you know they were supporting their dogs. There was actually a couple moments during Kirby's presser where yeah. like, the fans just started cheering, going crazy, barking. Like, oh yeah, just out of control. Yeah, just players walking down the the blue carpet that they have uh, at the beautiful College Football Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was the the thing that we were looking forward to on day two. And day one, it was about Jimbo. Jimbo kicked things off here, his first SEC media days. And we learned that Jimbo has not slowed down his speech since joining the SEC. He just, I mean, he talks like somebody is like holding a gun to his head. Like he owes them money. He's like just trying to explain <laughs> his way out of it. Just trying to talk his way out of it. I mean. It's, it's incredible. I like that. I kind of like that. I, mean, I think it's he. It's efficient. It absolutely is. I don't. I don't understand anything he said. Right, but we did understand the fact that uh, he was not willing to call the ACC the premier conference in college football like he did last year when he was at Florida so, State. So little little peel behind the onion here, guys. Yep. The most uncomfortable moment of my week mm-hmm. and possibly my adult life, <clears throat> sitting next to Connor during the press conference, and all of a sudden Connor raises his hand to ask Jimbo a question, and straight up calls him out. Uh, more or less. You called him out. I, I questioned why he said what he did. and Why if, are you the way that you are? Why, I hate so much about the way that you are. Um, no, okay, the most un- uncomfortable moment of the week. Should we get to this? Yeah, I think we, I mean, we need to talk about this. Um, actually, it was day two, Kirby's presser. A, oh, yeah. A Kentucky reporter who will remain nameless. Google it. May or may not have asked Kirby Smart what it's like to have a quarterback room that has Justin Fields, Jake Fromm, and, oh, Jacob Eason. Right. So breaking news this morning. Yeah. Jacob Eason transferred back to Georgia. Really, I mean, like, did really he did leave? not manage his stock well. Like, he left as a number one and then came back as a number three. It's amazing because, actually, Jacob Eason and Justin Fields technically were never in the same quarterback room together. No. Not at all. Ever. So, uh, yeah, that, that is kind of fascinating that uh, a Kentucky reporter somehow did not get the, the memo that, that Jacob Eason had transferred to Washington, but Kirby Smart handled it well. I mean, he wasn't yeah. like wasn't a jerk about it. But he's like, yeah, I actually transferred to, to Washington, and he might have even had a little chuckle, but basically every single media member there looked at this guy and were like, bro. bro. You know, every other credentialed, deserving oh, media man. member. That's rough. Like, wh- what's the decision-making process like when you think to yourself, I'm going to fire away this question, and i got to ask do about it. Jacob Eason. All you got to do is just say a loaded quarterback room. Just don't say Jacob Eason. Yeah. Just, I mean, all you're going to get back is generic coach speak. Oh, just yeah. Just throw up a softball. 
Can you think about if Jacob Eason hadn't left though, and what this would be like? This this dynamic of the, of that those three quarterbacks in the same. It's it's pointless to even think about because it would yeah, never well. exist. That was dumb. Okay, but in the mind of this Kentucky reporter, it still exists. So be on the lookout for that. Can you imagine if you had three fast cars, but you could only use one of them? Ooh, I like that. That's a good point. Yeah. Kirby alluded. I was trying to make fun of you, but yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Kirby Kirby said he might be using two of his fast cars because Justin Fields. The plan is not to redshirt him this year. Not really breaking news in my opinion. I think that was kind of a – we knew that he was going to be worked into the rotation somehow, and even if he does, uh, it fills a Tua-like role in what he was doing during the regular season and just comes in and plays in the fourth quarter of these games that George is going to yeah. be up by 40 points. Obviously, yeah, he's not going to redshirt, but – And then throw the transfer – it's gonna be a whole whole mess. I've no. seen it played out before. Yeah, I mean, start playing be. the ukulele, going back to Hawaii. Oh, oh two is a big ukulele guy. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Hawaii, we uh, this today I realized that we could. I don't know if it's ever happened in SEC history. I'd have to look this up. I'm not. I'm not an SEC historian in the way that many are. I'm you know humble enough to admit that. But SEC quarterbacks both from Hawaii potentially playing against each other in a game. Jordan Tamu, a.k.a. JT, yeah. our guy, and Tua Tungvaloa. Yeah, it, it, there's no way that's happened before. I don't think it has. No. Um, I wouldn't think so. But it, it could. and that's what I don't know a lot about Hawaii besides Dog the Bounty Hunter. What else is there? I mean, nothing, really. Okay. Yeah. I mean... He's on the state flag. Well, and and Tua. So, oh yeah. Also, I set myself up for that one. That's they're they're going to share the the state flag. I mean, Doug the Bounty Hunter be a good quarterback. Eh, mm, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah. So what we learned today was that there could be a potential Hawaii quarterback versus Hawaii quarterback matchup, and I think that would actually be kind of a cool trend moving forward, um, just to see the the globalization of the game. But Kenzie Milton, UCF quarterback, who finished eighth in the Heisman voting last year, fun fact, also from Hawaii to his little brother is loaded yeah hawaii is loaded. when did hawaii become like the breeding ground for quarterbacks yeah. texas california florida hawaii is jacob eason from hawaii i i think so i mean i would i would assume at least at this point um no but yeah that so that's just like a fun little wrinkle and i think just the globalization of of college football and the direction that it's I heading can't wait for it not to be brought up <laughs> at all no it's yeah it's probably going to be completely overlooked and, and i'm just him. yeah but they're, they're friends. I mean, I assume people who come from the same island and are playing in a place that is, you know, playing on the continental yeah. United States are going to be friends. They train together uh, growing up. And JT, Jordan Tamu, talked about uh, just his relationship with Tua and how they've, they've been friends over the years. So uh, Ole Miss, uh, Bama, you're not going to be worried at all because it's just a couple of Hawaiians having a good time. Yeah. Terrible Christmas music. Other than that, great state. Yeah. Um, do you want to go on the record? Have you already gone on the record with your prediction about Ole Miss Bama this year? Yeah, Ole Miss is going to win. We, I, I really need to hold you to that. I feel like we, we need to come up with stakes for this. Um, I mean, no, it's a it's a lose lose. I mean, yes, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, no, I, I I feel very strongly about this because Bama has to replace their top six defensive backs. It's on the road. You don't just go into Oxford. That's true. That's a really good point. That's not. That was that was mainly in jest. Um, I think their offense is going to be really, really good. I mean, Matt Luke talked about it several times today. That it's not just Greg Little coming back on the offensive line. They return 103 total starts. That's a lot. I didn't even know a guy could start 103 games. He's been there forever. It's like yeah. the whole Daniel Carlson thing all over uh, again. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that offense is going to be really good. That defense, mm, probably no, not. No. 
they haven't figured out like what stopping the run actually is. He actually said that. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, that's, I basically said that all of last year is like, okay, if you're an Ole Miss, if you're a running back going against the Ole Miss defense and if you rush for 250 yards, there's an asterisk by it. It's basically like yeah. running past and, and well, I don't want to say the Ole Miss defense is like an FCS defense, but they have wow. similar characteristics to but an FCS defense when it comes to stopping the run. If we if we project how great two is going to be based off of – it's not just the one half of football against Georgia, but it's mainly that. Mm-hmm. To be fair, JT comes in after uh, the injury to Shea Patterson. Right. So he has five games, averages 356 yards per game passing, and I believe against ranked teams he had eight touchdowns to two interceptions. So you bring up a good point. Thank you. <laughs> the The notion of JT – versus Tua, could that potentially be the best matchup of SEC quarterbacks in 2018? Well, that's tough. Probably I know Mizzou fans no. right now are like... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, they're like, Drew Locke against Tua. That, that, that's the favorite, but we don't know what Derek Dooley's offense Whatever Allen like. brothers at Arkansas. Yeah, that's I'm good I'm sure point. they got one. That's a good point. Um, although the Allen era kind of died with the Brett Bielema era, It'll I think. It'll never die. Yeah, oh, that's true. That was creepy. I know, right? That was really creepy. Only because we made eye contact. That was bad. Yeah, usually when you do those little creepy inserts um, on FaceTime, it's not that creepy. Yeah, well, I'm in a fort when I do it, so that's yeah, think, yeah, that's true. Think that one through. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, there was plenty of uh, plenty of quarterback talk, um, plenty of running back talk as well. Oh, uh, it's a subject that you were uh, we we talked about a lot yesterday, and you posted this on social media. I was bothered. Yeah, you were very bothered by this. Benny Snell, for those of you who don't know has an alter ego and the alter ego is benny the bandit that is his rap name it's his rap name and you want to change it to anything why you gotta hate on benny the bandit that is a terrible terrible rap name it's the t-h-a let the record show not benny that part's fair um yeah it just sounds like something like you would watch like on nickelodeon for like seven-year-olds it's not not a fierce rap name like coolio Okay. Or Offset. But he did say this. He did say that he loves listening to Old School 50 Cent because you feel he right before game, he said he likes listening to Old School 50 Cent because he feels like you can feel what he's saying. And, like, he wants the defense to feel him when he gets on the field. So does that oh, bring man. his credibility yeah. back? No, not at all. Not for me. we got to think, like, first off, it should have been, how about Machine Gun Snelly? That's not bad. That's really good. Yeah. It's, it's a little long. you got to be kind of short. Well, it's, it's based off a real name. True, true. But, it, I mean, for a rap name. You it's gotta, not longer than Benny the Bandit. I'm thinking one syllable, like Drake or Eminem. Yeah, three <laughs> syllables. <laughs> um, no, but Benny uh, did say, for those of you who have been waiting on the edge of your seats yeah. for the last two years, uh, when his next track is going to drop, and he's like, you know, look, I got some big things planned, uh, but not until at least after the season. I think he's going to work on his, uh, his NFL draft stock. He said he was the that. best running back in the country. And yeah. that wasn't even close to being the coldest take that came out of his mouth. Um, I, Josh Allen also. Different Josh Allen, not the one with Huge the very hands. large hands. Uh, the, the Kentucky linebacker also said that Benny Snell, he believes, is the best running back in the country. Uh, that's kind of a – he said he feels disrespected too, that, that Benny Snell – uh, that he just doesn't like the fact that um, he's always been kind of overlooked. He was overlooked right. by Ohio State, went to all these different camps, um, but that he he's always just kind of felt disrespected. And that, I think that's going to come out in his rapping. That's have my you ever given opinion. like your mom like world's best mom pillow or a mug or anything? Me too. It's kind of what he did. That's 
Did you include world's best teammate? Did you include Benny Snell on your preseason All SEC team? No. Wow. And I'm like, I know that sounds bad because he he's put up really good numbers, and I think he's one of the most valuable players to his own team in the conference. We talked about this last week. However, Damian Harris, and also Swift from from UGA. DeAndre Swift is a good suggestion. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, also a first-team All-SEC back. I put him on my ballot. But I'd argue that Damian Harris might not have the chops that Benny Snell does because he's not going to get the carries. Benny Snell's going to get a billion carries in that offense. Damian Harris is going to have to deal with Najee Harris. and I mean, right. Bama, Bama uses four backs to begin with. So. He's also a senior, though. He's also a senior. I don't think he's ever had 20 carries in a game his entire career. That cannot be true. Actually, it can be true. I think it is. I mean, think about it. He's been you know back and forth with, with Bo Scarborough all these years. True. And I, but he's averaged like over seven yards per carry through his whole career. Right, right. But I mean, he's a guy who, you know, he's probably going to get you a thousand yards this year and you're going to have no problem with that. But is he ever going to get to the point where, you know, to really get up in there, you know, the 1700 yard season, what it usually takes to be a first team, you know, like all American doing that? back. Benny, did I just talk myself into 1700 yards for Benny Snell? Yeah, a little bit. And also not all running backs that are first team all SEC have to have some astronomical number. As you know, Carry on Johnson. True. He had like 1,200 yards rushing last year. I know he was hurt, but he had 5.3 yards per carry. A lot of carries, a lot of touchdowns. Also missed, uh, what did he miss, one or two games? Yeah. Missed, uh, yeah. missed at least one game. So, yeah, he, I mean, he was a difference maker. And if you look for, if you look at how he played, you know, especially in the Alabama game and oh boy, how he go. played against Georgia. I yeah, immediately sorry. regret bringing this up. Yeah, you should. You walked right into that. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so th- there there have been some a few interesting little nuggets that have come out of of uh, SEC media days so far. We're only halfway through. Um, the the interesting thing that just talking to to Florida players just now. Well, Dan Mullen introducing himself uh, as the the face of Florida now. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that. I mean, the the reveal of Dan Mullen's shoes and he looked way cooler than McIlwain. Yeah, he did. He really did. I mean, McIlwain like. He had some of the like, swagged out outfits from Belk. That was like a big <laughs> thing for him. But Mullen, I mean, like, yeah, just cool, cool cousin Eddie coming in with those all white sneaks, giving like the finger guns. You made the cool cousin Eddie reference a while back. What was that for again? It's Dan Mullen. He looks just like cousin Eddie from, yeah. from vacation. This is like a do, universal thing. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fair enough. Um, one, of the, one of the things that um, was different obviously between the Mullen era and the McElwain era is just kind of how players talk about their coach um so a little bit awkward hearing uh Martez Ivy basically say yeah our offense was really predictable last year he said he used to have people um text him who didn't even watch football and they said they knew what we were going to run about 95 percent. that's of the time. a problem yeah that's I bad. mean like that's it's bad enough if you're like humping sharks in the offseason I mean that's that's tough and just make it up fake death threats yeah, but strike three is definitely having like a predictable offense, super predictable. Yeah, and, and so I, uh, I mean, that was you know the the consensus is that the offense is going to be different this year. He's like, I'm, you know, looking forward to it not being run, run, pass, run, run, pass. And so I went over to uh, they don't to, have a quarterback. It's just going to be run, run, run. Dan Mullen did say that he's 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 surprised with uh, the strengths of the quarterback so far. Oh, God. And it kind of creeped into the back of my mind that he could be flirting with the idea Felipe of Franks. Felipe Franks and throwing a lot more deep balls than he did with Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's run a go route. That's a realistic possibility. Florida has the athletes on the outside to do that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, yeah. Darius Tony is, you know, lightning quick. 
Um, they are absolutely loaded at the tailback position. You it's know. the first time in several years they're going to have their entire receiving core like healthy and not suspended and for not credit card fraud. And not having uh, a predictable offense to go with it. Uh, David Reese actually said uh, that last year, because, I mean, David Reese is on the defensive side of the ball, so it's a little bit different, but it's pretty much the same. He said that yeah. he had an aunt that used to tell him he knew what, Sorry, what plays. Was that? He had an aunt, an aunt. How is this the first I'm hearing of this? Yeah. Oh, and okay. Yes. An aunt. An aunt. An you aunt. scared me there for a second. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. Crazy. I, I say that northern. That's the northern way to say aunt, right? No, just say it correctly. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he had an aunt who used to uh, say like, I know exactly what you're gonna run, and it makes me so mad that I know exactly what you're gonna run. He said that he doesn't think his his aunt will be calling out the places. It's here. kind of like equally alarming. Yeah. If it's an aunt or an aunt, either way, it's I, not good. I want to meet her. Yeah. I want to meet her. I want to run my offense is what I want. See, that'd be fun. Like, who, who of like, your family could run a better offense than McElwain? Fun fact, my mom was the assistant coach on my basketball team when I was in second grade. She was really good. Okay, so yeah, there you go, right off the bat. So, yes. I don't know if anybody in my family could run a better offense. I bar set pretty low for, for yeah, Florida. Yeah, it's true. Uh, a lot more optimism though this year about Florida's offense. Just a lot more optimism in general. With yeah, that was like the a theme of the whole week. Yeah, it's a, it's weird. <clears throat> you know, you come to the SEC media days and you see teams talk about how great they are and blah blah blah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what we expect. It's right. par for the course. I look forward to uh, hearing teams say, "Yeah, we're just not looking good this year." Yeah, it's going to be rough. Vandy on Thursday. Vandy. Well, off season was about. Um, as you'd expect, I don't think we're going to get any better. Like, I mean, emotionally, maybe, but no, we're, we're three and nine. But Derek Mason's going to put a great spin on it. You, you know that. I hope so. Yeah. I hope he just comes in, like, in a leather jacket and just starts, like, talking crap to every other team. Just like Kiffin. It would be incredible. We're going to talk more uh, about the second half of SEC Media Days. But before we do that, we want to get you to our interview with Aaron Murray, we talked about, like I said, talked about his brother and how great he is, talked about uh, second and 26, what it means to him, and did a little, uh, I think he liked Family Feud. He was he was busting over laughing. Thank God, because I felt bad about that that question about his actual family from before. Yeah, but uh, it was it was good stuff. So here is Aaron Murray. We are here at SEC Media Days. Uh, we are joined, very, very special guest. It is former Georgia quarterback, uh, current radio legend. Is it? Are we fair? Can we call it that? No, Aaron Murray? not even close. A lot of work to get done. <laughs> Aaron Murray, the the man, the myth, the legend. Let's start real quick. Let's let's break some news um, to f- to our listeners here. The alliance, the Alliance of American Football. I think that's what it's called. Steve Spurrier, next great quarterback in that league. What do you what do you, you think? Know, hey, listen, you never know. I think Steve's going to be down at the Orlando team. Uh, Brad Childress will be the coach of the, the uh, not the Falcons, the Atlanta team. Right. Michael Vick will be the OC. So we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. I think it starts in the spring at some point. Um, listen, if I can do TV in the fall and throw the pigskin around a little bit in the spring, yeah. get the best of both worlds, uh, it could be a good thing. You heard it here first. Uh, that's breaking news. Aaron Murray is going to join the new uh, football league. No, I did actually throw you in a, a hypothetical, like, former SEC quarterbacks who would be great in that league. And, I, you know, I wonder with, with somebody like you, like, what's that transition like to go into this this broadcast field? I know so many people do it, but that transition of playing every day and now being in the broadcast field, what's that been like for you to, to just, you know, mentally on a day-to-day basis? It's fun, man. You, you get to stay around the game of football, which is awesome. So I, I can't complain about that. So I'm actually doing some TV with CBS Sports Network. So I got 15 games, some in-studio, and then SiriusXM Radio. 
And then on top of that, I have a, uh, a podcast, a Putt and Pass podcast with Drew Butler. Uh, we're trying to turn that into a TV show that we're actually be filming here in the College Football Hall of Fame on Mondays during the year. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I do some commercial real estate on the side in Atlanta. Ooh. So it is a busy, busy week, especially during the fall. Uh, so I'm trying to spend as much time with my dogs and, and my girlfriend now before she dumps me for not ever being home in the fall. Uh, but it's fun. You get to stay around the game of football. I get to interact with great coaches and players. I got to call a lot of games with teams I've never really followed or knew much about. So it was fun checking out different stadiums and all that good stuff. So it's it's been a whirlwind, a good first year transitioning out of football. And I'm just looking to try to get better and better every year. So out of all the records, all the accomplishments, I have an idea in mind what I think the answer would be. What are you most proud of? Ah, uh, man. Of all the records, or yeah. most proud of uh, Georgia in general? Um, your time at Georgia. I think just four-year starter. Uh, to be able to play for four years, unfortunately not to stay healthy the entire time. I missed the last game and a half, but to stay healthy for whatever, 95% of the time, um, I think that was awesome for me. To be, to, like I would say, yeah, four-year starter was yeah. special. Uh, to be able to represent your school for that long, to go into all those games and and be the quarterback. Uh, it was a special time, you know, something I'll never forget. The, the relationships I made, the experience I had on the football field, in the classroom, all that good stuff was, really was something to remember. Yeah. I thought it was going to be 3-1 against Florida. That too. 3-1 yeah. versus Florida, especially because I'm a Florida guy. My parents live in Tampa. Yeah. I can always go back down there, and if they want to start talking crap, I just say, hey, listen, we were 3-1 right. when I was the quarterback. So, sorry I'm not sorry. <laughs> Uh, Jake Fromm getting off to a good start against Florida as well. Um, the quarterback situation at Georgia is atypical. We've kind of seen it at Bama, but kind of not. A little bit different. Your evaluation of this and, and what it what it looks like right now, we get caught up in talking about you know what's next. But let's talk about what's now because I think Jake Fromm is what's now. What do you like about him? And do you see any similarities between he and you? I think the, the thing I love about Fromm is the fact that he just – he outworks you, man. He, he's going to show up every single day. He's going to put the time in the film room, in the weight room, rehab, playbook, whatever it is. He's Listen, he knows he's not the most gifted quarterback. I wasn't the most gifted quarterback. Listen, I'm don't say that. I'm right. over. I'm just a hair over six foot. He's 6'1", 220. I'm like six and a half, 210, 215. We're not your ideal 6'4", 6'5", big quarterback with a big arm. But I can tell you what, we're going to outwork you. We're going to outsmart you. We're going to be great timing with our footwork, with our anticipation. And that's what he does better than anyone else. I mean, that kid hits his back foot. He hits five, and he lets it rip. There's no hesitation. There's no second thought. And he can do that because he prepares. He knows what the defense is presenting. He knows what his options are from a quarterback standpoint. And he goes out there and executes where I think some guys that are big, strong with big arms take it for granted. They don't prepare as hard. They can rely on just sit on that back step, that fifth step, and kind of waiting and then trying to kind of muscle it in there. So he plays to his strengths, and he works his tail off, and, and that's why I really enjoy watching him. I watch, love watching the grind, and, and I love watching him perform come Saturday. So you're a little self-deprecating there, piggybacking off that. What was it like growing up in the shadow of your older brother? <laughs> hey, jo- I, Josh... When people ask us, compare us like athletic wise. We're big fans of The Bachelor, so it's. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By far the most athletic of the two of us. I mean, he is gifted in ways I wish I was. I mean, he's bigger, stronger, faster, can throw it farther, can jump higher, 
all that stuff. I'm kind of like the runt like of the I family. Like I my heroes here. Yeah, I'm, I've kind of the run of the family. Um, Josh, I mean, Josh played one year of high school baseball. was a second-round draft pick out of high school. Uh, it's just he's that naturally gifted um, where I had to work harder for more of my stuff. I'm like, I'm like, from, we, we have to work harder to overcome some stuff. Where Josh, you know, you go tell him to pick something up, go tell him to pick a basketball up, and he'll start draining threes in two minutes. That's just the kind of athlete he is. To be clear, that was supposed to be a joke. He's, he's a good-looking guy, and he's on The Bachelor, too. So You look great, Aaron. I try. I try, I try. I like uh, the shorter, uglier, <laughs> not athletic brother, but it's fine. Speaking of things that humble you, second and 26, your uh, reaction then uh, and your reaction now is what? Uh, just, just speechless. I mean, I, was, I have a bunch of Bama friends who were watching both, obviously, the, the regular ESPN and then the ESPN where we were kind of doing the uh, former player analysis. And they were just taking pictures, sending me videos like your face <laughs> oh, is God. glorious. Like you're just dumbfounded and shocked. And I mean, it was it was an unbelievable throw. I mean, Tua laid it on the line. I mean, it was a rocket. Um, but what a game! It was exciting. It sucks that somehow we just keep just can't push through that door and beat Alabama. It happened in 2012, and once again, it happened again. They just nagged us. I feel very confident that if you were in the same room as this this Bama fan right here, you would have wanted to punch him in the face, and it would have been very, very difficult not to. Well, I show up to my office the next day, and there's Alabama gear all over the place. I mean, from koozies to shirts to flags, so it, it happens. All right, we want to close out. We know that you've got uh, you got you got to be places. We've got to be places. We're all we're all busy people at SEC Media Days, contrary busy, to busy, popular busy. belief. Uh, we okay no we we don't have family feud for Aaron. We, no, no, we have family. Feud. Oh, we got family we feud. Family feud. feud. Oh, oh, wow, it's uh, gonna I'm get not real. very good. At fa- this is gonna be ugly. This is gonna be good. Uh, we're gonna ask you a series of questions here. Marler's got this. He's been very well prepared for this. Are Let's you ready? Go. Most likely not, but I'm gonna give it a shot. It's though. called journalism, so strap in, Aaron. Let's go. Here we go. All right, we got 12, 10, 8 questions, whatever. Got a minute on the clock. We're gonna go over that. Oh man! Get as many points as you can. First question: What is the biggest threat to the SEC's dominance? Nothing. No, North Korea. Second question: <laughs> Best rivalry in the SEC? Georgia, Florida. No, literally any fan base versus Danny Cannell. Uh, <laughs> next question: What's a coach you'd most want to have a beer with? It's definitely not Rick. Oh, Coach O. Yes, very good answer. Really? That's, yes. There you go. Uh, if you were a character on The Office, what, who would you be? Pass. I don't know. I've only watched a couple. Really disappointed. Of I'm not. Oh wow. I'm more of a Just, Game of Thrones kind of guy. You know. They're not that's even the same kind of show, Aaron. Even, that's what I'm saying. Your though. brother probably I'm, likes I'm, The Office. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, next question. <laughs> what is uh, best SEC town? Athens. Yeah, that's a dumb question. Athens. I don't know why I asked that. Next question. Best Athens bar. Uh, Silver Dollar. Sure question. All of them. That's, awesome. That's a um, what's one thing Tim Tebow can't do? <laughs> that's inappropriate. Oh, wow. Wow. Answer of the day. And follow that up with who's the hottest Disney princess. So that's a perfect way to close. <laughs> hottest it's, Disney princess. This isn't hard. Uh, well, I'm going to go, not princess. I'm going to just go Hermione from Harry Potter. It's Disney. So there you go. We're going to count that. We're yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. It doesn't need to be Disney. That's fine. All right. SC Harry champ. Harry Potter is Disney. You, did you hear yourself say Universal, that, Aaron? Universal, I guess. No. Disney, I yeah. don't know. Universal. It's all the same thing. Universal. Universal. I think you ended with 69 points. I think that's what all of our yeah. our um, 
our participants. And with it's just like, so sad. That was tremendous. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, Aaron, we look forward to you playing in the Alliance of American Football and your broadcasting <laughs> breaking career. Breaking news right here, ladies Breaking gentlemen. news. We're sure that you are going to flourish. You're going to thrive. Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I thought that was a lot of fun with Aaron Murray. Um, I felt so bad when I brought up his brother because I thought it was obviously a joke, and then he listed off several reasons. It's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Murray, you're awesome. Keep your head up, man. Yeah. He's heard that before. Um, Fun fact, he did not deny his desire to come back and play in the Alliance of American Football, which I speculated about and said that, hey, you know, Steve Spurrier, if there's a list of former SEC quarterbacks you want to give a call, he's a good guy to give a call. And I'm just saying, I think he might be on board. Might have talked him into it. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think you're going to get like a cut, like, like his agent. But I, I mean, you pushed him in the right direction. I think I did. I think we changed lives today. Is but really he's what such, we did. He's also such a good announcer and analyst. I know. He's so polished. Yeah, he's definitely got a future in that. But he did say, you know, the season is played in the spring, and he could kind of do a that little double dipping, a little different version of Tim Tebow. By the way, just still playing actual football. <laughs> right, still playing actual football. Uh, that answer to Tebow was. So perfect. It's incredible. So I, perfect. Couldn't have drawn it up any better. No. No. Uh, but, yeah, Aaron Murray was, was tremendous. We loved to have him back on during the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he the way that he described the, the Georgia stuff, and I just think for, for Georgia fans who experienced that game, probably something really similar to that and having stuff all over uh, there, all over the place, uh, that's a, that would have been a good um, – it might mean too much. Honestly, I think that level of frustration that he was feeling is exactly how I felt when yes. he said, said that his brother played one year of high school baseball <laughs> and was drafted in the second round. Yeah, I devoted so much of my life to being average at baseball. <sighs> Unbelievable. We're gonna, let's get back to, we'll get back to media. No, we need now. to talk about this, yeah. yeah we'll, uh, we want to look ahead to what we got on tap Wednesday and Thursday. Still, we're, we're, we're halfway through. I know every other conference would be done by now, but that's not how things are done in the SEC. Not in the SEC. Big day for us tomorrow. No, yeah, huge day. Huge yeah. day. We got uh, my, my guy, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State, kicking things off. Uh, that's going to be lit, as the kids say. It's going to be wonderful. Yes, that is true. Followed by Tennessee, the debut Jeremy Pruitt. of Jeremy Pruitt, which is going to be fantastic. <sighs> I hope it's just angry, drunk uncle, and he just goes off about everything that he doesn't like about the team. Do you think that Tennessee fans are going to worry about what he says in these public situations, or do you think that it's more of he's so not like Butch Jones that a guy who's that blunt is fantastic and we love him? To be fair, we interviewed several Tennessee fans at Summerfest, and most of what they said wasn't coherent. Right. Um, I think think it's the latter. Just as anyone but Butch Jones. Anyone but Butch Jones. I I literally interviewed somebody – on Sunday, and I said, what are you looking forward to most this fall? And I swear to God, he said, basketball season. That's Not women's basketball, basketball, basketball season. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, this is still an exciting time of year because it's kind of different, too, in that every year it's felt like Tennessee has had these preseason expectations where, oh, yeah, we're going to be a top 15 team. Yeah. We won a bowl game. We finished the year so well. And this is the first year where it's yeah. you're, you're turning a new leaf. and Not this year. You let yourself go. <laughs> And no expecting much out of you. Yeah. You've aged poorly. You have wrinkles. You've gained weight. I'm describing myself as basically as Tennessee. I, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, I think, is going to have – he's the only SEC coach – we talked about this before um, – who would potentially have, like, more negative than positive things yeah. to say about his team. And that's not a knock necessarily on the Tennessee roster, which 
I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know inside and out the way that he does. But right. you don't win a game in the SEC and you're kind of – You've lost your last game against every single conference opponent. It's yeah. almost impossible to do. That's really hard to do. Yeah. They found a way, though. What an achievement for, for Butch. Yeah. Also, is anyone going to ask Pruitt about him being the 11th choice for that coaching candidacy? Uh, I mean, he was – I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, he was very far down the list, obviously. And everybody says, oh, yeah, but he was Philip Fulmer's first choice. But, nope. well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Um, more times – what will you hear more tomorrow, Butch Jones or Lane Kiffin? Oh, Butch Jones. Now, here's another thing to consider. Bama also tomorrow. So, we could hear Lane Kiffin. I can't wait for just the absolute miserable, awkward silence that is going to fall over that room when somebody makes the mistake of asking about the quarterback situation and Saban just loses it, but silently, and just stares a hole through that person. It's Yeah, see, it's one of those things that in every single like pre-media days list of top storylines that you see, everybody wants to talk about the, the Alabama quarterbacks and this and that. But in a way, it kind of isn't the big storyline because no. they don't answer any questions about it. No, never. What, what's, what's Nick Saban going to say tomorrow that could actually be considered newsworthy other than Nick Saban addresses the quarterback He's situation? He's leaving to go to Texas. Wow. That I, would be, I mean, it'd be nice if he did just like, you know, you know what? Like, I'm old enough. I don't care. I'm just going to go off, y'all, and just give an absolute honest response. Mac Jones is better than both of them. Mac Jones, better, better passer than Jalen? No. I'm no, that's not real. That. I'm just I'm saying, saying, like, I would love for him to, like, give, like, feedback into, like, these ridiculous – they're not ridiculous questions, but nobody can actually think they're going to get a real answer out of that. And the, the old argument is, well, you never know. You don't know unless you ask. Well, you know. You know right. in this case. Yeah. You know that Nick Saban is not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. He doesn't have any quarterbacks with him. He's got – uh, Damien Harris is not going to reveal any insight into that. But I will say that Damien Harris in that Damien Harris, uh, his quotes in that Jalen Hurts story that uh, Matt Hayes wrote for Bleacher Report that, of course, had the quotes from Jalen Hurts' dad saying that, yeah, he's going to leave if he's not the starter. Right. I thought Damien Harris's quotes in there were somewhat fascinating. All these people saying that Jalen's just going to play another position. They don't know the type of competitor he is, blah, blah, blah. And it almost sounded like he was trying to go to bat for his guy because that, yeah, that is kind of his guy. Yeah, and I, I, I think that we're going to get a little bit more of that tomorrow. I think he's going to maybe, you know, not that he's going to have any anti-Tua things to say, but he's going to be asked about Jalen Hurts a ton. Right. And he's going to provide some insight on that. If you're, I mean, if you're an Alabama player, do you think in that locker room they know who's going to start? We feel like we know who's going to yeah, start. Yeah, like that's that's going to be the biggest concern of, is how like Saban and the team handles this entire situation. That's why I kept saying I think they're going to lose Ole Miss because if they don't have this settled in the first month of the season, I mean, it'd be ideal to have it settled after fall camp for the first game. There's no way that happens. No. I still think oh, Jalen starts game one. Well, I, I said no because I, I disagree with that notion. I think I went on – yeah – Adam Spencer, uh, shout out Adam Spencer. He listens to every episode and has been doing some great work with us down in Atlanta. I definitely said to him at Top Golf last night that uh, Jalen Hurts is not starting Game One. See, I still think he will. We he's earned it. This is the first thing we've ever disagreeded on. You're an idiot. That's breaking news today. <laughs>
Uh, Nick Saban, uh, I, in my opinion, I think he is. My guess is that he is his mind made up, and uh, of course, nobody knows what's on. But that's got to be exhausting to have to answer these questions and have to be like cordial and eloquent and be like, no, no, it's just like the ultimate bless, your, <laughs> bless his heart. Like, no, he's got a chance to start. Like, oh, Jesus, he's not gonna start. Here's the best thing that can happen tomorrow. He gets three or four questions about it in a row that are just worded basically the same, but they're at, they're worded a little bit differently, but they're asking the same question. And then in a fit of Saban rage, he just goes on a rant. A, yeah. a ripped jeans-like rant yes. from Saban. Where he sprinkles in a few things about like social life that just like have nothing to do with football. We need that. That's, that's what this SEC Another thing about the Kardashians. <laughs> I don't get the, all these rea- reality shows. I don't and, think we landed on the moon. Barry Cavallari is so stupid. What are these kids watching these days? It's just 30 seconds of Saban railing against everything reality television. Why don't we give you a reality television answer? Snooki's got care. kids. Does she? Several, yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, that's like it was to the Kentucky Reporter uh, about Jacob Eason. That is news to me. There you go. You're welcome. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Saban's going to be fun to watch. And the Alabama players. No, no he's not. And no, he's not. <laughs> he's gonna be fun to watch if he goes on that rant. It'd be fun as if like I went up behind somebody and asked verbatim the question they just asked. Just like wait until somebody asks a question he hates, and then repeat it exactly. I would pay to see that. How much? Because I mean, like I could use it. I think parking's pretty expensive down here. Yeah, but the, uh, credentials revoked. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's all, like, the the week's almost over. That's true. We are. We are. I'll do it for seventeen point. bucks. There you go. You heard it here first. I'm not going to do that. Got a low price. Alabama is going to dominate the coverage tomorrow from a national standpoint, from a local standpoint. Bama fans are going to travel. Are we going to see the guy who dresses up? Yep. He's going to be here. He's already confirmed it on Facebook. We are friends. Shannon Villa is also from Hawaii. Boom. He's the man. That's a really sick brag. Um, Sorry I have friends, Connor. (laughs) Mississippi State also going to be here tomorrow. Got to talk about my guy Joe Moorhead. We kind of gloss over that a little bit. I'm not going to gush. Your feet are just not going to touch the ground. Oh, you know, any point tomorrow. I think, I think though that people are going to people are going to be a little bit surprised by him. That's I've been saying that for a while. That I think when he actually gets in front of a large crowd, I think people are going to be surprised how relaxed and confident he is. You mentioned earlier how you thought you're giving me a weird look. I am. Out. I, you mentioned before how you didn't realize Kirby Smart, Coach O, so confident. Everything they say. You believe it makes in them. sense for smart. Orgeron is what, like, Orgeron seemed calm, cool, and collected, which is, I never thought I would describe him like that. Yeah. Angry, loud, shirtless. I think Joe Moorhead is going to have uh, a little bit of different, you know, overall demeanor than, than Coach O. But I think yeah. the, the swagger that he's going to bring, I use that word way too much with yeah. him. I realize yeah. that. But I think the swagger that he's going to bring um, in his first year at Mississippi State is going to be tremendous. You've been giving me weird I, looks I just ever feel since like I started talking. It's going to be a non-issue. Like he's just going to go up there and give like a press conference and be like, "Oh yeah, Joe Moorhead, cool guy." Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to be like, "Are you are you serious?" No, no, no. He is I'm so not, calm. It's not going to. No, not not in that way. But just in in terms of, I think there's this perception of him as this this outsider and this guy yeah. who doesn't have an SEC background, and people are always going to question the guys who are. Uh, is it weird to call him a non-native, so to speak? I'm a non-native, yeah. and I get called that kind of a lot. But well, you're not coaching one of the schools, to be fair. But True. I mean, not yet. I think no. I think everything ultimately will be judged on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of work to do. He's in a very tough division. Really tough division. You've but set the bar very high for I, him. I, gosh, I have. I had somebody uh, uh, shout out to our listeners who uh, we met up with uh, today. Yeah, uh, our Florida fans who were. Uh, 
were, were gracious enough to, to introduce themselves. And uh, one of them even wrote the five-star review. So that was pretty cool about yeah. the office episode. Recognized me as I was walking, you know, into That's, the uh, the media room. It was like cloud nine. I was really excited. And then like two seconds later, he was like, I thought I saw you on Sunday, but I was like, no, that can't be him. I thought he was way skinnier. And I was like, all right, just bring me right back down. <laughs> That's the sick brag of sick brags. You were recognized yeah. in public for something that you did on a platform. That's yeah, that's not, by a cop. not by a cop, not by a cop. But one of the one of the you know, I was asked by by one of them, like, you know, what you said about Mississippi State and what you oh, yeah. to say about Mississippi State. <laughs> like, do you actually believe that? And, and I do. And I really do. And I'd love to get x-rays of Nick Fitzgerald's ankle before um, I really go out on a limb. And no, I mean, I'm like going on, on TV and the radio all over the country and talking about it. Go on the Paul Feinbaum. You're on show, that limb, sir. Say You're that on that limb. Yeah, I'm I'm way out on a limb. Um, but yeah, Nick Fitzgerald, we're going to get a chance to, to talk to him as well. I, I was told by his Twitter account that he was going to have a blonde mohawk. Yeah. You really excited about that. I, I, I like, I like when, you know, I appreciate when, when, when people show up to SC media days, rocking an atypical look like J.R. Reed was wearing sunglasses inside today. That's not like, okay. <laughs> that's, 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 that's not cool. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but he had the suspenders, the bow tie, all that. So I, I like the atypical looks. I like when guys aren't afraid to. to Do you like white chances. sunglasses too? No, never. Crocs. I, never worn a white pair of sunglasses in my life. Jean vests. Uh, Ed Hardy. Eh. No, Ed Hardy. That's where I draw the line. Okay, thank God. Ed Hardy is just a tattoo on clothes. Yeah, but like bedazzled. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a girl uh, that I knew in, in college who just loved Ed Hardy, and I just could oh, never, ever see it. And I was like, why? No, most of the country agreed with you. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, what if Nick Fitzgerald showed up uh, with an Ed Hardy vest and a blonde mohawk tomorrow? I, you would be so excited. I, that'd be pretty cool. Best dress. Yeah. I'm more of a Von Dutch guy myself. Fashion. When, when was the last time somebody has worn a Von Dutch hat in public? Probably yesterday when Ashton Kutcher woke up and went to, like, some smoothie place. That sounds about right. Got some kombucha. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I'll take your word for it. So we got uh, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Alabama, Mizzou, Mizzou tomorrow. Yeah, Mizzou, Drew Locke. Hey, Excited about that. Going to have a ton of attention around him. Uh, basically, every question that's going to be asked about Mizzou from a national standpoint for all of 2018 is Drew Locke because that's yeah, what happens with first-round quarterbacks. He is going to be considered the entire team. I'm looking forward to getting, getting the chance to talk to him, though. Um, and just kind of seeing like where his mindset is after hearing all of this preseason hype. Right. Whenever a guy comes back to school that you don't think is going to come back to school and then he gets the first round hype, the attention is just, it's overwhelming. So this is his first real test right. into how he's going to handle that. So we got Mizzou. Uh, and then we got uh, on Friday, closing things out. Not Friday, Thursday. Thursday. Man, it's been a long week. Yeah, it has. It's, it's only really two week. days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got... It feels like a lifetime. It feels like a lifetime ago that I met you. It really does. That's fair. Yeah, okay. that's fair. I don't know what that means. It's a compliment. <laughs> up. Either way, Thursday though, Auburn, Carolina, and Vandy. Vandy. God, Vandy. Really excited about Vandy. Really excited. You gonna ask Derek Mason a question? I'm not gonna ask anyone a question this week. Based on. I've been way too nervous. Yeah. I've been crushing it on Twitter. On Twitter. I hate asking questions in large press conferences. That's why my voice cracked. Then stop doing it. I did it once. Did I do it twice? I think I just did it once. Once I think so it's just far once, yeah. in the first couple of days. Uh, but I mean, sometimes I don't you... stop doing it. I was kidding. Cause it, like then I'll have to do it. And I'm I'm not I'm not stepping up to play it on that one. This is true. Um, what what should we ask Gus or Muschamp? Muschamp, uh, your house? Can I buy it for real? Did you see Good that thing? God. Oh my goodness. How much money is he making? A lot more than I am. I'm gonna ask him that. Yeah. Let me see your W two. Yeah. Let me borrow some money. 
Did it look like he lived on an island that's just his? Yes, it looked like he lived in the Caribbean. That Caribbean. was unreal. That's like three miles from my parents' house. South Step Ca- your game up, Mom. <laughs> Our house sucks compared to that. <laughs> South Carolina just won two more games because of that, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, they're in the East, so that's, right. that's not Are, that difficult. The, the storyline that I'm kind of already sick of that's gotten a lot of back-and-forth play that we know that South Carolina – Players, coaches are going to get asked about oh God. until it happens. South Carolina beating Georgia. What do you think about the Georgia game? What do you think about the Georgia secondary? Blah, 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 blah. It's a week two matchup, and it's fun to South talk Carolina about. South Carolina has lost to Kentucky for four straight years. Mark Stoops reminded everyone yeah, of that as on he should Monday, have. too. Let's pump the brakes on them beating Georgia. Yeah, I, I'm not willing to, to get to that no. point yet. But th- this is sort of a peak preseason hype time for a program like South Carolina that finished on a really good note. You've got a fun new offense coming in. You've got a returning starting quarterback. Yeah. It kind of has all the ingredients that you would look for. For, for having the same exact season again. <laughs> and I think South Carolina was something like 6-1 and one in games that were decided by seven points or less. I might Which be that number that usually trends in the other direction the following year. I know, and I asked uh, our good friend uh, Brad Crawford. Shout out Brad Crawford. Uh, who works uh, 24-7 right now, uh, but, you hey, know, Brad. South Carolina guy. And he knows that program through and through. I mean, if I'll be honest. He knows that program way more than I do, and he knows stuff about them. And I, asked, I remember asking him about that and saying, like, look, is, is there a chance that South Carolina regresses to the mean with that stat? And he's like, yeah, that's just kind of the way they've always been historically. Like, they oh, always yeah, they win these close games. they just skate by and win a bunch of close – that's their whole program, just winning a bunch of games? Well, just because they're not a team like Mizzou that's going to put up 50 points in a game and, and you know – They've lost to Kentucky for four straight years. That's a, that's a key I like Carolina. My sister goes there. But, like, let's be realistic. I think that the, the hype over the South Carolina-Georgia game is just because – we tend to think that those two teams are going to be the yeah. best candidates to win the division. And when you see a game like that in the pre, and you know, when you're looking at the schedule, you can look Traditionally, ahead. it's a very tough game. They play that game very, very closely. And you can't escape that question by saying, oh, we're only focused on FCS team. You're, you're, some people are going to escape it that way, but other people are like, right. yeah, it's important. It matters. We know that George is the defending SEC's champ. We know they defending SEC champ. We know that if we're going to win the division, it runs through Georgia. So I'm kind of already sick of that storyline, though. Yeah. We really need to focus on Tua and Jalen again. What else? <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Debo Samuel, though. I think that, yeah. that'll be fun. Guy who's been through a lot uh, in his career, just staying on the field, staying healthy. He's going to be a guy who you know is going to be really happy to be representing right. his team. At SEC Still, media fingers days. crossed that he shows up like the actual Debo from Friday and just comes in like on a very, very, like rickety bike. Today was a good day. That <laughs> little you ice cube. Rap. Yeah, look at me. I'm, I've dropped a lot of hip hop knowledge on this podcast. Probably more than you I have ever not. Have. I, I uh, Benny the Bandit. I, I think I, I think I went there. Uh, and then Auburn, of course. You know, we're gonna have. Jared Stidham talking about his Heisman Trophy campaign. Now, he, he will get asked about yeah. that, though, inevitably. Um, he is a household name nationally. This is, uh, in a way, sort of his first time where he's really had to talk about an upcoming season as this hyped quarterback right. on a national stage. Now, obviously, last year, there's a lot of hype and expectations, but getting to come to SEC Media Days and represent your team is a little bit of a different ballgame. Right. And I'm curious to see how he handles the spotlight. Recently engaged. Instead of in college? In college. Oh, that's a mistake. In college. Live yeah. your life a little bit. I mean, the guy's doing all right for himself. At least it was in high school. 
yeah, high school sweethearts weird me out. But then if you're if you're a potential first round quarterback and you know you get the money and then you get the girlfriend and then you get the wife. Yeah, but then you get the money and then like yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're not gonna get into it. He, he did it the right way. His girlfriend loves well now fiance. Just know loves there's a fifty six percent chance. Are you throwing out the the, the divorce? Yeah. Diver- mm-hmm. yeah, divorce. Yeah. Honestly, what I'm most excited for with Auburn is how fast Gus Malzahn and how hard he's going to chew his gum. Will anybody God, he gets after it, man? Will anybody bring up forty nine million dollars? No. His new no. contract. Forty nine million dollars. Who was it? Uh, I think Danny Sheridan, who does yeah. uh, odds for USA Today. Uh, said on the Paul Feinbaum show that if Gus Malzahn makes $49 million or seven years, $49 million, that Nick Saban should make $4 billion. That's an exaggeration, but it's not bit. that far off. A little bit. Uh, he also went on to say that he thinks Nick Saban should make about $25 million a year. I actually think that Nick Saban what will. What is the contract he's working out? <laughs> I, I think Nick Saban will end up making $20 million a year coaching college football. I mean, he's honestly, he's worth it, I think. And what he's like given to like that state and the, University, obviously, the program. Yeah, this, I mean, it's a crazy run. However, Malzahn, he's got a pretty good record against uh, against Saban. Yeah, it's, mm. Saban's never beat Auburn if they've he's won got multiple wins. Nine, That's yeah, all that matters. Nine or more wins in a season. That's why he's got that money. He knows. We're gonna have uh, a lot more coverage for you from SEC Media Days. We're going to have uh, another podcast on Thursday. Yeah, we uh, a little, little teaser for that. We got to talk to our good friend. Uh, now, now I was a good fan. I feel like Peter. Yeah, Burns Yeah, we high fived at the end. That was cool. Yeah, he gave nucks and did all that stuff. Peter yeah. Burns was was great. Uh, if you don't know his backstory, we got into that a little bit. Did another fun Family Feud edition with him. That's going to be coming on Thursday. We're hopefully going to be talking to a few more people. Don't want to give fingers away crossed who it's going to be. Did we have and it might mean too much for today. So I thought of this earlier today. It's one of the saddest stories I've ever heard, and I wanted to share it with Aaron Murray. Okay. But while it's top of mind, I'll just, this will be our, it might mean too much. Let's do it. So we were talking about Aaron Murray's career and like the legacy he left behind. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how much hype was surrounding him when he came into UGA. And I remember uh, a coworker of mine saying after a, I guess another Georgia loss to Florida, because the most impressive stat for me with Murray is going three and one against Florida. Which he reminded us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he told me that after they lost to Florida, he went home and drank 23 uh, Coors Lights and watched Aaron Murray High School YouTube highlights until he fell asleep. Didn't get to 24, though. Hope you're doing well, Mark. It gets better. <laughs> God. That's a perfect way to close this out. We haven't seen the wacky, crazy fans here oh, yet. Oh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. The, it's, yeah, oh. the, Bama, the Bama crowd is sure to be all of that and more. It's going to be like Six Flags, but just like indoors. <laughs> A lot of jean shorts, a lot of front butt, a lot of sweat. <laughs> We've got a lot of fun here left uh, in Atlanta. A lot more Chick-fil-A that we are definitely going to eat because that is what we do. Yeah, steady diet. Yeah. Um, they have, By the way, real quick, uh, they have like a little window uh, behind the curtain that the coaches speak in you know, the podium, the college, fo- the college Football Hall of Fame. And it's a little window where you can actually it connects to Connor, a Chick-fil-A. I literally it's, told you about this. I know. I, I want to make sure our walk listeners up. know this. It's a walk up for Chick-fil-A. It's like so think about like a drive through. But walking. Yeah. That's every drunk what? college kid's oh fantasy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Gosh, I would waste so much if there was a walk up Chick-fil-A. A cookout without a line? Good lord. Oh man. 
Okay, we've gushed on Chick-fil-A enough, I think. Yeah, uh, for I gotta go. Episode. I gotta eat some food. Yeah, we gotta eat some food. We're definitely hungry. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna be coming back Thursday. Plenty of great stuff. Make sure you're following at the SDS pod. Also following at, at SDS. You guys already follow at SDS. And on Instagram as well. Yeah, give us a little uh, little five-star review for our fun, fun stuff. And if you're gonna be here for Media Days... Come say hi. Yeah. Just don't say that I look like I'm heavier than you thought. Yeah, and just introduce yourself uh, with a little... little uh, Awkward side hug. Yeah, Do the awkward, awkward side hug. We love those. Do a full embrace. Who cares? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, until next time, uh, remember our most important thing... It just means moral. No, no, damn no. We have not trademarked. Uh, might mean too much. Might mean too much. Every time. <laughs> Thanks, guys.